Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I might not know much, but I know this much. Yeah. These things happen in threes. Oh, no. Threes, Ron Wolfley. The triangle, Paul. If uh, the fine listeners were actually left, and I'm going to try and get back today here on Wolf and Luke on the local sports leader, Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Paulie Pinch hitter sitting in. We'll get into my decision or lag thereof a little bit later. I'm just saying, Wolf, if you have been scoring at home this month for you. Which I have not, Paul. uh, These things happen in threes. You've had two calamities. And you're wondering, okay, there's two days left in this month. A month that, let's be honest, the only person who's had a worse month, I'd say worse than cryptocurrency, (laughs) than Bitcoin. FTX, Paul. Would be Ron Wolfley. And I'm talking specifically about showing up on the L.A. road trip minus a tooth. Allegedly, when you bit into a protein bar. That was bad, Polly. Nobody's buying that. That was bad. Ten minutes before I got on the charter, you lose a tooth. By the way, it was two, for the record. And then uh, there was the treadmill accident. Down goes Wolfley. Face first, right off the treadmill. It was moving, Paul, at the time, as a matter of fact. Ten-minute miles, I might throw in. By the way, do we ever get confirmation? Did Larry Fitzgerald tackle you on the treadmill? Is that why you went down, or did you No, Larry Fitzgerald never did that to me. Um, Out on the field, he did, but not on the treadmill, Paul. Thank you, but you digress. So a face plan on the treadmill was number two, and you're wondering, because once again, these things happen in threes, and guess what? The answer is right in front of you. I'm here to make for that third calamity over the rest of this week. I'm going to sit in, and don't think it's going to be easy, Wolf. Don't think this is going to be a cakewalk. Don't think you're going to sit here and give us your brand of know-it-all radio where you pontificate and lecture from the pulpit. I'm here to hold you accountable. Yeah, you know, Paulie, it's interesting you bring that up. These things happen in threes because it is three days, right? It is. It's Tuesday. That's being, that is today, and then it's Wednesday, and then it's Thursday, right, Paul? You're filling in for three days. One, two, three. Okay, so you're preparing me for three days. That that ought to be a Um, a short story. I thought it was four. Wait a minute, four? That's that's being negotiated right now. That's that's being negotiated. Wait a minute. I, uh, Polly, what are you doing? I, I, I said I was considering, but it's the I, bye week. Once again, what, this is one of those things that sounded good a month ago, and then I realized, wait, it's the bye week? I yes. can't take an extended weekend? Wait a minute. And and all of a sudden, so now I'm being uh, coerced and roped and shoved into the Friday slot as well. But Polly, what are you telling me? The Sicilian's all over you for, for Friday because she wants maybe one day with you? I, we know how crazy it gets for you, Polly, and the the football season it's just off the rails of course are you saying the sicilian looked at you and said you know we're going out friday um yeah you're not working i don't have time for one segment today of this show much less four hours but but here we go ron wolfley here we go there were your phoenix suns last night their fifth win in a row once again let's see there was no chris paul there was no cam johnson yeah there was no jay crowder Yep. Yet there was Devin Booker with a 44-point night on 17-28 shooting. Uh, there was a Suns team, once again, winning their fifth in a row, best record in the Western Conference. All very impressive, yet utterly meaningless. 
Can I just say that right okay. out of the gate? Man, uh, is this the way this show is going to go, Polly? I mean, well, honestly, it's not right going to be easy you're, you're for gonna, you. You're going you're gonna to state the facts, Polly, and then you're just going to go. <laughs> just telling you, is that what you're saying, Paul? You need to help me see the meaning in winning the regular season. Yeah, you know what? I don't think the Suns are trying to win the regular season. It's one of the reasons why we don't see Chris Paul out there right now. I think they learned their lesson from last year. I really do believe that. Paulie, and this is something Luke and I, of course, have had a conversation or two about, or 20, I should say, in regard to this year in the different approach from Monty Williams this year and the Phoenix Suns. And I think you can look to Chris Paul. I think you also can look to Cam Johnson and the window, the meniscus, of course, the the fact that it was one to two months, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. That seems a little ambiguous to me when you say he could be back in a month, or you know what? He could just be back in two months. So you just sit down and shut up and be quiet about that because we're not going to try to win the regular season. We're trying to get ready for the postseason. I honestly think that is something that the Suns are trying to do this year. Well, here's DeAndre Ayton after the game, and he talked about the back-to-back. By the way, the reigning Western Conference Player of the Week. For the first time in his career. DeAndre Ayton and uh, talking about what the Suns approach was last night in Sacramento. And, you know, the hardest games is coming from back-to-backs. You know, the next game. Um, uh, I, that's the hardest games, man, um, coming from them back-to-backs. But, you know, the team, my team was ready. Um, everybody was engaged, locked in, next man up. Guys came in to contribute. Um, defense. Defense is what really got us going. Uh, first quarter, first half, we was really shaky, giving up a lot of open baskets, a lot of layups. It was in our pain a lot. And then we started touching them a little bit. In the uh, second half, put a little bit of physicality and rerouting these dudes and redirecting them, and it kind of got them off their uh, off their pace and, and they, they, uh, they started to be stagnant a little bit. And we started like really getting our way and then started making it our game. All right, I have a question for you. Yeah, okay, Paulie. Has nothing to do with his career high six straight double double. 17 and 12 rebounds, 8 of 10 shooting, none of that. How long has DeAndre Aiden been calling the Suns my team? Yeah. Uh, me, I think maybe. It's an honest, that, genuine honestly, question. I think it was for the Pat Bev incident to really messed him up. Oh. I, I do believe that, Paul. Okay. That uh, on Tuesday, of course. Did you see it, Paul? Where I Pat did Bev see it, actually yes. came up and yep. people called it a shove. Did you think that was a shove, Paul? No, it was a cheap shot. Thank you. It was a, it was a complete yeah. blindside and it was. Was the shoulder weak sauce? It was not a shove, Paul. Nobody, nobody shoved anybody in that thing. Uh, Da hit the ground, and I know you saw him. The leg went up, Paul. It kind of went up, and it wasn't. And, and suddenly, um, it was akin to what you might see in the World Cup later today, yes. USA and Iran. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was one of those. I'm yes. going to sell this big time. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm over here. I'm in serious pain. I'm and flailing. I'm I floppy. wonder, Paulie, just how much heat he actually took for that. Seriously, I wonder how much heat he took from his teammates because he jumped up when suddenly there was a crowd around Pat Bev and he saw it and it was like, oh my goodness, you know what? Honestly, I better jump up and do something about this right here. All I know is this: from the moment Pat Bev did that, um, the next three games now. One's a point, two's a trend, three's a pattern, Paul. The next three games since we saw Pat Bev do that, guess what? DeAndre Ayton has played his best basketball, I think, since he's been a son. 
Because in a little bit later, Wolf, if you're telling me that maybe just maybe that was his epiphany, that was a turning point for DeAndre Ayton. I think it was, Paulie. Where all of a sudden the A and DA might stand for attitude, what everyone's been waiting for since the night he was drafted number one overall. Not DA, but DOA, Paul. Then I'll tell you, uh, there is a moment in the career of Shaquille O'Neal that if you saw his documentary on HBO, a little bit later we're going to get into this. I heard about this. I think there's a correlation. You heard about it because I told you about it. (laughs) There's a correlation, and we're going to hear about it a little bit later. Maloney actually doing some work around here, unlike yours yourself over there. And and we're going to hear the turning point maybe in Shaquille O'Neal's career. And is there a direct correlation to what we're seeing in front of our eyes with DeAndre Ayton? Yes, I think there is, Paulie. Because... I've been saying this for years. Don't tell me what the box score says on DeAndre Ayton. Tell me how it looked. Yep. Tell me if he made a difference. Forget about making hoops and filling the box score. Did he make a difference? Did he make an impact in the game? Too often at the end of a game, you're like, wait a minute, did DA play? And he's he's got a double-double. Yeah, Polly, and, and once again, I know you're all about the numbers being the sideline guy. Of course you are. <laughs> That's my all... point. Well, forget the numbers. No, you're all about the numbers right there. It's the how, Paul. It's not the what. It is the how. Play with force, D.A. This is what D.A. has got to do, and I think we're starting to see it. There's room for encouragement here if, in fact, you are a D.A. doubter. Because I love the fact he was the Western Conference Player of the Week, but it's also a fact that you went against a Pistons team that didn't start a center. They started two power forwards, including Marvin Bagley, local guy. The Jazz started three power forwards, including Lowry, Markinen, and Kelly Olnick, right? I mean, <laughs> stiff, right? I mean, the, these. so you can't tell me. I, I love it. I love the award. I, I love the renewed aggressiveness yeah. and a little bit of attitude, a little right. bit. But let's not forget that he was going against a bunch of guys who are really power forwards. Paulie, put the media guy down and read the tease. I'm already cheesed off. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Recent reports. We've seen him out there, Sean Payton. Wolf, um, do you have anything to report on Sean Payton? I I need to hear what you have to say about Sean Payton next and his supposed alleged interest in coaching the Cardinals. We'll get into that, okay? Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Desperate Housewives. Do you remember that TV show, Ron Wolfley? I don't. I just Googled it up. 2004 it debuted. It was eight seasons. I bring that up because right over there, about three feet to your right, is where we used to do the Dennis Green show. That's right, Denny Green. In this back storage room slash broadcast center here at Cardinals HQ, Paul Calvisi in for Luke. It is Wolf and Luke. And once upon a time, it was the Dennis Green show. They are who we thought they were. And uh, as you mentioned, in between uh, segments of the Dennis Green show, um, it could be tough to make conversation. And we let them off the hook. And then we realized, in just trying to make this conversation, we actually put more time into the off-air banter than we did to the on-air because yes. we had to try and get through the hour. People have no idea. Denny Green used to take the headset off, Paul, when we weren't on the air, <laughs> and he would not say a word unless you spoke to him. <laughs> he would put his elbows on his knees with his head down and not say a word and we try to come up with topics that would engage him that he'd want to talk about right non-football 
One was uh, one was his son in San Diego and surfing. That was one we could always generate conversation. And the other one, we realized he was a big fan of Desperate Housewives. Yeah. So then it got to the point where every week we asked him, what would you think of the latest episode that was, I think it was Sunday nights or whatever it was, and he watched it, and that's, boom, that's how we would get instant conversation. You know what, I didn't know about Desperate Housewives then, Paulie, and I don't know about it now. So whatever, Paul. It so, was you and Denny. So there you go. Dennis Green, uh, rest in peace, rest in power. God love the man. Absolutely, we did. He was uh, one of a kind. He There's was. no doubt about it. A former Cardinals head coach. And now the speculation is as to who might be the next Cardinals head coach, if indeed that is reality, if that is indeed a possibility. Your thoughts on that, Ron Wolfie, because, yeah. man, is there a lot of noise out there. You know, Paulie, uh, can we just go ahead and trade for Max Crosby as well? Can we just somehow acquire Max Crosby? Um, by the way, have you seen Max Crosby now? Ten and a half sacks on the season right now. Ten and a half. Have you seen all the tackles for loss as well with Max Crosby? This is the best edge player when you consider playing against the run and also getting after the quarterback. Back. This is the best edge pat, uh, rusher in the game, as far as I'm concerned, Paulie. Okay, Max Crosby, can we just go get him, please? Because everyone else on the Raiders roster, nobody has a has more than one sack, Paul. I, I was just going to ask you, nobody has more than one sack. Where is Chandler Jones right now? He's still one sack or less. I, yes. He was at half a sack forever. I, I gotta tell you, it's just it wow. is stunning right now. But I digress, Paul. Okay. Sometimes it's the investments you don't make. It's the moves you don't uh, make as as a GM. So that was a winner right there by uh, letting him go. There's no doubt about it. So okay. You're trying to put this whole Sean Payton thing into the realm of unlikely, highly unlikely, akin to trading for an all-pro edge guy. That's exactly what it is, Polly, right there. I mean, it's uh, let's just go get this guy and bring him in, and it'll totally change everything. Sean Payton, to me, um, is a Hall of Fame coach. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'll believe Sean Payton is going to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals when you're standing there asking him a question, Paul, as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals at his press conference, okay, Paul? Because I just don't believe that's going to happen. Here's the thing, though. It's not just everyone else talking about Sean Payton and the Cardinals. Sean Payton himself is talking about the Cardinals. I was a ball boy for this team. Back in, I'm going to date myself, but when the St. Louis Cardinals, before they were the Arizona Cardinals, their training camp was held at Eastern Illinois, where I went to school. And so the early years there in the 83, 84, 85, it was Hannafin and then became Gene Stallings. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd clean the rooms, bring towels to the rooms. We'd have a summer well, job. What was the Neil Lomax team? Neil Lomax had just taken over for Jim Hart. Um, Mr. Bidwell Sr. was the owner at that time. And, and I, I think I know that family well enough. And um, shoot, Joe Buck was... I was 18 or 19, and he was 16. He was there. And then finally, my junior, senior year, I handed out rosters and and got to eat with the team, work for the team. Stop everything. Yeah. Did Sean Payton ever clean your room? During Cardinals training camp. I think there's a real possibility he did, Polly, because number one, uh, the opportunity was there. Number two, of course, my room needed cleaning often. <laughs> what was your rule at training camp? You didn't change your clothes unless it had a stain on it? That's right, Polly. That's there's disgusting. No way. Just, it you know, really is disgusting. Walk through it, Paul. Seriously, just walk through it. Nobody cared.
I mean, you're still... You took a shower three times a day, Paul. We, we, we started this segment 2004, right? We were talking, referencing. You've been wearing the same camo shorts to Cardinals camp since 2004. Anyway, proceed with, with Sean Payton here because you realize that based on his timeline... He was working Cardinals camp while you were a rookie in 85. Yeah, Paulie, you know, honestly, right now, I just want to say this. I think this is why the Sean Payton rumors are coming up here. It's because, obviously, his appearance on the herd. And also, it's because of, of him saying, you know what, hey, listen, I, I, I worked training camps for the Cardinals, of course, at Eastern Illinois University. Oh, my goodness, do I have so many good memories about being there? No time for that. I have so many good Zero memories. Time. I don't even no know time. where to begin on that one. Right Thankfully, there. no time to begin. Jim Hannafin, Gene Stallings, yeah, 1985, oh. baby, 1986, 87. Okay, don't get me sidetracked right now, but I have so many good memories of that. But I think this is where people are making the connection because Sean Payton also said, you know what, I know the family. I know the family. And I think this is the reason why people are connecting the dots, basically, and saying, oh, boy, you know what, let's go get Sean Payton as our next head coach you just signed cliff kingsbury to a five-year extension you just uh, you just signed steve kime to a five-year extension there's no way this is just my opinion nobody has told me a word there's no way you're going to go ahead and fire those two guys in the first year of their extensions to go out and actually bring sean payton in here right now uh i just are, are you sure about that, that by the way there is precedent for that do you remember steve wilkes I, I do remember. Year one of a four-year deal. Yeah, I, I do remember that. I'm just bringing that yeah, up because okay. it has been done. Okay. Recently. So you're saying, you I'm know, just saying that there could be a possibility. Is that what you're saying, I'm Paulie? Just, I'm just saying that, you know. Yeah. That was executed. I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I that's don't either. Because you think Sean Payton would come in here. Will he want autonomy, Paul? I ask you facetiously. Well, yes is the answer. He's going to want, in my opinion, he's going to want to run the entire show. Isn't that right, Buddy Ryan? But if he's scanning the landscape and he doesn't see a viable opportunity with a legitimate franchise quarterback then he might not have that ability to broker an all-autonomy deal. I see. If he's right now trying to speak this into existence to at least create a little leverage, he at least needs multiple teams, right, to get the deal he really no wants. No doubt about that, Paul. So, okay, let's get the Cardinals over here on line one. Yes. We'll get maybe the Panthers on line two. But does he really want to go to some of these franchises that have their quarterback is named, first name Jack, last name Squat? No. No. So he's trying to get these balls in the hopper in the air and then choose accordingly so okay he has a relationship with the family yeah he made that known and then if maloney has it we know that he's in favor of the quarterback or at least bullish to some degree because here's what sean payton said a few years ago at the nfl combine put this height head on the edge change his film is too good. You know, you know ultimate, ultimately, his film, when I say it's go, too go, good, go, go, go. and uh, I like him. Is that somebody, Coach, a lot of times we talk about this is somebody I want to play with or want to have him on my team. Somebody you're hoping doesn't find his way anywhere near you in, in a division. Just have to prepare for somebody like that and the challenge that somebody like that brings. Absolutely. Finish um, now. Finish. Finish. Baseball would be a great starting point. <laughs> Everybody wins. 
that's Everybody funny. Wins. No, I think that one. I don't think up. he's going to go through that door. I don't think. I, I don't think so right. either. In North City, I think he's he's going to be comfortable uh, and and playing playing quickly at this level and uh, deservedly so. By the way, the baseball reference reminds us of the Holy Cannoli stat that Kyler Murray currently averages about $46 million per year in the A's entire payroll, $48 million. Yeah. So there's Sean Payton at the NFL Combine, an NFL network years ago, talking about Kyler Murray. So let me get this straight. If you like the quarterback yeah. and you like the owner, right. then okay, what else is there? Oh, Those well, the... they also worked at training camp. Remember that? He, he was at training camp, right. 85, 86. I probably told him to pick something up. Pick that up, will you, Sean? Was that about the same point of time you, you threw up on the boots of Bon Jovi? No, 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 no. Molly, that, that was, was much later, later okay. of course. That was with the Cleveland Browns and Bill Belichick, of <laughs> That's course, right. Molly, but I'm glad That's you right. brought that up. So I'm just saying, if the relationship exists with ownership, and if you're on board with the quarterback, yeah, okay, man. but it doesn't necessarily mean there's an opening. doesn't necessarily mean that there's consideration on the team side, but it certainly sounds more and more like Sean Payton yeah. is on board with the possibility. I think you're right about that. I think there's no doubt Sean Payton is probably interested in becoming the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals whenever that actually happens, Paul. But there is going to be some compensation that goes with that. And I, once again, I just do not see that being the case here with the Cardinals. Yeah, that that is the downside. That's you it. you have to give the Saints something in the form of draft picks, no doubt. players, what have you. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Hey, what impressed John Bloom the most following that Suns win over the Kings? Fifth straight win. We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster next. Calvisi sitting in for Luke Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf, in all your years, all the weights you allegedly lifted back in the day. Huge amounts. Did you ever do this, what I'm showing you right now, (laughs) via Twitter? Not at all, Paul. DeAndre Eaton, fresh out of the shower, ostensibly. There he is in a towel, and only a towel, doing the military press in the squat rack. DA, what are you doing? Honestly, you're going to let somebody film you while you're doing the military press. That's what those were, Polly. Just so you know, the military press. Is that not With what I just said? Okay. Well, don't <laughs> don't look at me like I don't know my way around a weight room. Yeah, Polly. Right. Thankfully, the lie detector is not on right now as we go out to the line and John Bloom. We, John, it's about a half hour into this show, me filling in for Luke, and already I, I need someone to step in and bring some clarity, uh, bring some intelligence to this show as I've been saddled with Wolf for four hours. So you, you tell us, is this the norm for DeAndre Ayton to be lifting post game in a bath towel? Um, I don't know about the towel. First off, you're barking up the wrong t- tree if you're looking for any kind of clarity or intelligence right now. I don't even know how I'm awake, uh, but uh, I am, and I'm riled up because uh, I can't wait for a little Team USA soccer later on today. Oh, uh, you guys know I'm into the beautiful game, so I'm, I'm fired up for that. But also, uh, last night there were parts of the game that were beautiful. I did glance at the guys lifting weights on my way off the floor and to the bus. 
uh, it was happening last night. I didn't notice anybody in a towel, per se, until I saw the same video clips that you guys saw. I saw D. Lee down doing some pressing after, boy, did he step up again down the stretch yes. in the fourth quarter. What an amazing pickup he's been. But, yeah, DeAndre uh, has something to prove. He's playing like he has something to prove. He's acting like he has something to prove, and I think we're all for that. Johnny, I just want to get this out of the way right here. You're not a soccer hooligan, right? You're not one of those guys. You're not that much in no. the game. Yes, right. No, I don't buy into the hooliganism of the sport, Wolf. Yes. Uh, I, I know there have been a lot of casualties over the years, courtesy of hooligans. It is a real thing. Uh, yeah. If you've watched uh, Wrexham, which is a great show online that's streaming with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, you know, those guys that bought the team in, in Wales, uh, they talk a lot about uh, hooliganism. I learned even more through that show, but I always knew that it was a real thing. And, and you know, we talk about our fans in, in this country of sports, and sometimes we do get a little rowdy and out of hand, sons of four guys. But you know what? There is uh, some validity to the fact that we keep our people in order a little bit more than, yeah. than some folks do around the globe. Yeah, hey. let's talk a little bit about DeAndre Aiden right here, though, since you already brought him up. One's a point, John. Two's a trend. Three's a pattern. Ever since Pat Bev railroaded him in the back the Six next shot. three games, I, I think he's playing the most physical basketball we've seen him play. Your thoughts? He has, and I'm willing to write a love letter to Pat Bev. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm happy. And not a love letter, but just a thank you note. How about that? Yeah. Let's leave it at that. I will write a thank you note to Patrick Beverly if that truly is what inspired DeAndre Ayton to find the inner man. Uh, because... It's been there all along, okay? It has. And once in a while, it shows up, and we're all just so tantalized because he's already so amazingly skilled, even if he's not in beast mode. He's amazingly skilled on the basketball floor. He's also very bright. He's also lovable. There's so many good things about this dude. But I understand the desire that everybody who's watched DeAndre Ayton grow and, and watched him as a Phoenix Sun, and maybe even before if you're an Arizona Wildcat fan or if you're watching him in high school here in the Valley, uh, and you see it in him and you say, boy, if he does that regularly, he could become one of the greatest to ever do it. He could. It's like it's there. We can all see it. Well, now Patrick Beverly gave him a cheap shot. It was a flat-out cheap shot. I can't spin that any other way. Yep. And you can react to a cheap shot in a variety of ways, can't you, Wolf? I'm yep. glad he picked the one he's, he's using right now. Well, and look, he went for the 29 and 21, and that was historic in a lot of ways, especially for DeAndre Ayton. And even Devin Booker said it after the game. The quote was, it's not even about the 29 and 21, said Book. It's about the physicality. So even his teammates are seeing what we're seeing. Here's the thing, though, John. Let's, let's, let's face the facts. The Pistons went out there. They didn't have a legit five. They started a couple of power forwards. They, the Jazz came out. They started like three power forwards. Does he show this same sort of attitude and physicality when he's going against Embiid? or Rudy Gobert, or even even Anthony Davis, which at times I think he looked a little timid the other night against Anthony Davis. You know, is, is this because of the opponent, or is this a permanent change within D.A.? I think it's it's uh, time will tell, Paul, to, to take the bailout approach. Yep. But I think he brings it against other guys that, uh, you know, bring it to him. DeMontis Sabonis has given him a hard time over the years. You look at the numbers. I know Kellen Olsen break, broke it down yesterday. But uh, the numbers are one thing. And Sabonis actually put up good numbers again last night. He's not a pushover defensively, but he's also not a stalwart down there and a rim protector. So I know what you're saying. Let's wait and see when he goes up against the likes of Gobert and some other guys like Embiid that are at the top of the 
their game. Uh, I love how he plays against Jokic. He loves to go up against Joker. There's just a real good respect between the two of them uh, yeah, when they face Denver, and that's. It's not even about those numbers. It's about the physicality that Booker cited. But does he show it against those guys who play physical, the elite guys that you just named? Yeah, we got to see it. And you know what? Right now, he has to believe it that he can, and I think he does. You know, he calls himself the tone setter. That's exactly what he is. Yes. That's what he needs to be. He needs to be the tone setter because that energy, that gravity, that strength and power and beast mode that he can do that no one else on the Suns roster and very few on the planet can bring to a basketball court sets a tone, unlike any other that can be done from this group or most groups that play this sport. So I think he's realizing that. That's dangerous for us others johnny we only have mere seconds here but who are we going to see first chris paul or cam johnson <laughs> cam. Oh, i have absolutely no idea but i know booker had us laughing last night because uh, tim kempton asked him on the postgame show you know where's the three-point shooting gone and i think his answer was simply where the hell's cam johnson <laughs> so i think i think they want him back too i think everybody wants both those dudes back but isn't it amazing that here they are through 20 games on top of the western conference even with all that and, and let me ask you how meaningful is it that's how I started this segment about the Suns. Yeah, they're number one in the Western Conference. We're all impressed, but how meaningful is it? I mean, haven't they rendered the regular season meaningless in a lot of ways, Johnny? I mean, they've already done the 20 Maybe. wins to 60 wins, right? I mean, does this season truly start with a postseason? No, well, it's it's not meaning less, okay, but it is meaning different than the last couple <laughs> years for the Phoenix Suns. Now, we can flash back to the bubble, right? Before the regular season even meant the regular season to all of us on Planet Orange, it was mired in losing uh, seasons after losing seasons. But then they went to the bubble, ran the table, and all of a sudden there was a renewed sense of, of hope uh, that maybe this team could even make the playoffs. What do they do? Make the playoffs, make the finals, and almost win it all. Now the expectations are completely thrown off its axis and now the expectation is championship or bust and last season it was bust and it hurt like heck that meant that this regular season was going to take a different shape no matter what because they know that the only thing that matters is that they're playing at their best when it matters most does that mean that this is meaningless absolutely not all these things are steps do we know damian lee was going to be damian lee in this respect Bad. to this basketball team and we wouldn't have ever known that if it wasn't for the first 20 games of the regular season did we know that jock landale could bring to the table. Sure, they saw something in training camp, and they saw something running up and down in, in you know free games before camp even started, and there was hope there. But then when you see him in a game and you see him give you five minutes in a fourth quarter after sitting for 36 and actually making a difference, that's not easy to do. Now you know you have another weapon. So Monty Williams and his staff are taking this as seriously as they ever have, and I think the team is taking it seriously, but I think it's just a, a renewed kind of sense of, of mission and, uh, and and what it really is going to take to get it done. And, and I think this team has that. And they may end up boat racing the rest of the Western Conference while they're doing it. And along the way, your broadcast partner, Tim Kempton, actually took a shot at our Ron Wolfley last what? night. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley, are you listening? Did you see DeAndre Ayton dunk the ball? Are you happy now? <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll write a rap about it, actually. I maybe he might do that in the morning. Hey, TK, save the wrath for the officials, okay? You want to bag, just continue to bag on the officials and leave our guy Wolf alone. Yeah, exactly, Timmy, and it took him long enough, did it not? <laughs> All right, John, we appreciate it. Thank you. 
Don't get me in the middle of it. All right. Exactly. You know what, Johnny? You hooligan. You got bigger problems right now. Team USA Soccer. They got to win or they're out. I and believe. By the, and by the way, I saw a headline. They're calling it the most politically charged soccer match okay. in modern history. Think about that. I don't care about ball. the politics. Just put the damn ball in the back of the net. Beat them. Move on. Go to the knockout stages. Keep us excited. Bring Messi and Ronaldo to come over here and play MLS soccer. And then the rest of the world will start caring about what happens on the pitch here in the United States. That's what I want to see. All happen. right, Johnny. Put the lighter down and stop burning yeah. stuff. Okay? You know what? And, and put the phone down. Stay off Twitter or you're going you're gonna to submarine your own career at this point. All okay. right? Calm down over there. Uh, and tell Kempton I'm calling him. Bring it. Yep. All right. That's uh, John Bloom talking Suns, Suns broadcaster. Uh, next question. What can be accomplished over the bye week for the Cardinals? Ron Wolfley, you have the list and you're checking it twice. We'll see. That's next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Where is Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, here you are, Cardinals headquarters. You're in the back room for some reason. Uh, that might be by design. You might want to draw a conclusion or two from that. Yeah, front room, back room. Back room's good for you, Paul. As the Cardinals, uh, what you won't see on the practice field are Cardinals players the rest of this week. The bye week is upon us. And with that in mind, having a late bye, one of the latest buys in the NFL, uh, the Cardinals are going to say goodbye until Monday. That'll be the next practice. And then the following Monday, remember, is their next game on Monday Night Football against the Patriots at home. So in your uh, estimation, a decade in the league, you know what is the most important thing a player can do during the bye week? Yeah, you know what, Polly, honestly, I don't care. Different players, uh, they handle the bye in different ways. Uh, oh, I hated the bye. I did. I hated the bye. It drove me absolutely nuts. And the reason being is because I did not want to feel like a civilian ever in the middle of a football season. You know, my mindset, the way that I played it, you have to understand. I never played in a game. I only took a test. Every time I stepped in between those white lines, it was a test. It, was, it wasn't a game to me. It never was. When they started paying me as well, that only intensified that mentality of stepping in between the white lines and thinking it was a test as to whether or not you were good enough to be out on the field, whether you were as tough as your father, Ron. That was the test. It was never a game. Having said that, Paulie, I think players handle the bye in a different way, the mentality. There's a lot of players, of course, that love the bye. Um, Kyla Murray is not one of those guys. That's true. He has gone on the record in the past saying he does not love the bye. Having said that, what can be accomplished over this bye week for the Arizona Cardinals. I think there are three things, Polly. You may you may have your own thoughts on this one. I'm going to go down. I'm going to give you the three. Are you ready? You were talking do, about three. Do, do you want to hear Cliff Kingsbury first when you asked him the question yesterday on how the Cardinals and the head coach will handle the bye? Okay. Yeah, we'll do some uh, self, you know, scout breakdown type stuff mm-hmm. and then kind of see where we're at for these last five personnel-wise, um, how we can uh, improve in certain areas and, and then uh, take a few days and then come back and get ready for that Monday night game. Self-scout, which leads me to my two words, and then I'll let you go, Wolf, because I know you're ready to go. You're in a three-point stance right now with your three things. Number one. The triangle, Paul. Break tendencies. 
That's what I would do. Break tendencies. Break tendencies. Did that plague the Cardinals in those final three or four possessions when they got a total of 16 yards? Was that the problem on the fourth and one from their own 34? No doubt, Pollock. Where all of a sudden the opponent jumped all the routes and they were schematically effed in Kyler's words. I see, Paul. Break tendencies. Whatever you have been doing, do something different. Okay, Paulie. Break tendencies yep. right there. Okay, that's exactly what he's talking about in regard to self-scout. And me. That's what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, that's a, yeah, you just said it differently. You wanted to yeah. say the same thing as Cliff <laughs> and you just said it differently. I understand <laughs> that. There are three things, basically, that I think the Arizona Cardinals can truly get out of this bye week. Number one, get Kyler Murray right. Get him right. Get Kyler Murray right once again. Okay, you care to elaborate on that? That's easier said than done. I think getting Kyler Murray right includes throwing the ball down the field and completing passes down the field. Where's the Um, accuracy on the deep shots? Yeah, yeah, Paulie. He he was number one in the NFL the last few years when it comes to deep ball accuracy. Yes. What happened? Paulie. Where is that gone? Did you see the Hollywood Brown? A couple of fades down the right to Hollywood Brown. They weren't even in bounds. They were thrown out of bounds. you got to get Kyler Murray right right. Kyler Murray is incredibly talented, as we all know and understand. Getting him right is number one. Number two, evolve the offense. Now, I know that you could say it's hand-in-hand, getting him right, but it's not to me. Evolve the offense as well. You talk about breaking tendencies. You talk about self-scouting. You need to do things differently. You need to think about what what can this offense look like going forward? You know where I'm going with it, Paul. You know where yep. I am. I don't believe that we see enough of Kyler Murray under center. I, I'm sorry. I will continue to say it. I know I'm beating a dead horse, but it's the horse that's still there in front of me, Paul. And this is just me. I could be dead wrong on this. I'm sure there are coaches up there. <laughs> They're just laughing at me. I don't care because it's my opinion and my opinion says they need to evolve this offense and they need to put Kyler under center and they need to run bootlegs and waggles and play action and run the zone read they need to do it all together at once as part of a base offense that they have once again I'm not talking about 40 or 50 snaps. I'm not talking about 35 snaps or 30 even under center. How many I'm are not. you talking about? Because the Cardinals were under center. Kyler was under center quite a bit against the Chargers, was he not? He was uh, more than I think we've seen, yes. And, okay. I, and I think it was one of the reasons why, Paul. Oh, guess what? We ran the ball for 181 r- yards, didn't we, Paul? I mean, are Suddenly, you not entertained, Ron Wolfley? I, are you not entertained? They were under center. They ran it for a buck 81. James Connor had 120 yards rushing. What do you want? Yes, Paulie. I it's am. this insatiable need for Kyler under center. I, you know, yeah, I mean, no, Paulie. I, I want to see more bootlegs. I want to see more waggles. I want to see more straight play actions. I want to see that with shots down the field. Paul, go with an eight man protection, Paulie. Go with an eight man protection where look, everybody, he's running at James Connor. It looks like a hit. Oh, no, it's not a hit. And you release two receivers into the pattern. Eight man protection. Paul, this is so old school right here. This really is. Graybeard's out there laughing at me right now. Kurt Warner, right? Whatever it may be. But Kurt will tell you the power of actually going ahead and, yes, an eight-man protection and saying, here it comes, baby. We got a post over the top. Look, that's Hollywood Brown running a post over the top and D-hop on a dig route. 
coming in. Oh, my goodness. I'll take that shot all day long. The Cardinals need to evolve the offense in terms of throwing the ball down the field, Paul. And one of the best ways you can do that is seven-man protections or eight-man protections, running play action, and suddenly releasing either two or three receivers into the pattern and throwing the ball deep, Paulie. It is it is a powerful, powerful reality of a game of football that has been around for a long time, and okay. if you look at everybody else in the league, right. they're doing it, Paul. Kurt Warner might be laughing. I'm ready to jam this ballpoint pen into my neck right now. James Conner running for a buck twenty in that first half. I haven't seen a Cardinals running back get to the second level with that much ease and efficiency in a long time. Yes, was that the Cardinals' renewed emphasis and execution in the rushing attack, or was that the league worst Chargers run defense at work? It was a combination of both. But remember, the Arizona Cardinals had four backups on their offensive line actually playing as well, and yet somehow, some way, they rushed for. 181 yards. You know what else they had? A new run game coordinator in Steve Hyden. Interesting. Jay Williams, what has he seen from the Suns over the last week? We'll ask the co-host, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max from ESPN next. It is Wolf and Luke starring Paul Calvisi on the local sports leader.